0: Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel.
2: This is The Indo Daily, and today we're talking all things Carrie, Samantha, Miranda, and Charlotte. That's right, Sex and the City is back. And just like that, the spin-off series airs on Sky Comedy and streaming service now. So 17 years later, after the show ended, I couldn't help but wonder how we feel about the return of the show credited with giving women globally the freedom to talk about sex and put friendships over relationships. Well, joining me today to discuss the return of three of the four, yes, that's right, we'll all miss Samantha, are Tanya Sweeney, Irish independent columnist, and Fiannon Sheehan, Ireland editor. And Fiannon, I'm going to start with you uh, because I usually have you join me on podcasts about political issues, but you were the one reminding me a few weeks back that Sex and the City is making a comeback, so can I assume you're a fan?
1: Fashion, fun, food, frolics, flings, all with a strong female cast. What wasn't to love about Sex in the City? And it was kind of iconic at the time in that it was the first uh, comedy that kind of came along, that threw that open topics that were seen to be kind of taboo up, and, up until now.
2: I, um, I write a column called Sex in the City. Right now, I'm researching an article about women who have sex like men. You know, they have sex, and then afterwards they feel nothing.
1: But you're not like that. Well, aren't you? Not a drop. Not even half a drop.
2: Wow. What's wrong with you?
0: (laughs) I get it. You've never been in love.
1: So before that, Friends was the dominant uh, comic, sitcom on, on TV, and Joey and Rachel were constantly going out on dates, but they never really discussed kind of what happened at, at the end of the night and all that. In Sex and the City, you had this whole world opened up, where the following day or, or the weekend, the four girls sat down around the table and, in often very gory detail, discussed not just their their romances but their their love lives and their their sex lives, and I suppose that's what was what was. Different, uh, uh, about, uh, about this, this show and it was almost you'd kind of look at it and go okay it's not the first female show all female cast uh, or uh, principal character show that we've had this was a bit like Golden Girls the same kind of concept but, but 40 years younger you had you know Samantha being the kind of the, the Blanche figure you had the comparisons between between Rose and, and Charlotte Doherty being Carrie and Sophia being, being Miranda so the, the different traits bounced off uh, each other so I think that's that's what made the show so so good
2: and Tanya in your own opinion what was it about sex in the city that carried so much influence for its viewers was it the cosmos Manolo's, the shopping even the the rent control apartment in
0: the uh, downtown <laughs> I mean, Manhattan? all of that is, is gorgeous <laughs> to watch you know so but yeah no I mean I think more than anything it was a, a representation thing you know I mean for single women in their 30s they'd always be seen as slightly Tragic, questionable, suspect figures. Why? They, I mean, like with Bridget Jones, you know, this sort of constant questioning. Why are you still single? What is wrong with you? And here, there were four women who were single. There, well, there was plenty of them. But you know, it seemed <laughs> to everyone that there were they were just kind of taking their sweet time meeting somebody. They didn't just fall into a relationship just because it was it happened to be there and available. You know, they they had enough self respect and self esteem to kind of hold out for what they wanted and and what they believed they deserved, you know, and, and this was fairly radical in the 90s, you know, and I think it, it got to the point where, you know, s- single women were seen as as, as as really cool and I want to be one of them. I, I want to be like those four girls sitting around talking about sex in forensic detail at brunch, you know, and it definitely got to a point, I think, you know, um, I mean, it kind of hit Ireland in, in the kind of Celtic Tiger era as well, which is significant, you know, so, I mean, I think if you were to go to places like, you know, Odessa or Café Bars Delhi in the noughties, you definitely heard a lot of people um, dissecting their their nocturnal activities, you know, and I have to say that was probably a first in Ireland.
2: Absolutely, Tanya, you and I were around the same age when it came out in our mm. early 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And a uh, shock horror um, and what do you know, um, you know, single women can have great careers and a bit of fun and uh, don't necessarily need um, the burden of a long term relationship to achieve
0: all of this. Absolutely. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, Sex and the City starts to look a little bit kind of, you know, weird in the in the rearview mirror. I mean, there was definitely that message at the beginning, you know, where you were like, God, oh, these girls don't need anyone. They just have each other and they're almost married to each other in these de facto urban family situation. But once you start looking back at at Sex and the City from, from this vantage point, it starts to look a little bit problematic. You know, I mean, they were fairly needy and they put up with a lot of really unsatisfactory sex and questionable sex. that we know now because of you know various discussions on you know consent and and me too and so on and so forth you know so i mean we we like to think of them as being these independent you know libertines but you know when you look back they were quite fairly needy like you know and and fairly um you know not willing to debate themselves so much but but definitely willing to put up with an awful lot of crap we have to run to Helga the Hotwagger every other week, but them? How would they like it if you told them to shape their heads, trim their trunk, plant their bulbs? We're having trace sperm
2: tested. Isn't that doing well in school? Fiona, I have to thank you for the virgin uh, cosmos that you made me earlier. It's absolutely delicious. Um, it would be lovely to have a bit of vodka in it next time. Uh, just FYI. But can I ask you about the characters, the the four main characters? I mean, Carrie somehow has this, uh, you know, great apartment, great uh, wardrobe, um, seems to shop all around her. She writes a column once a week.
1: Yeah, she's got a, an apartment near near Central Park in a what's what's called a, a brownstone, um, which is basically the, the the red or brownish buildings uh, that you see all all over uh, parts of Manhattan, the, the, the older parts of, uh, of of Manhattan. She shops regularly for for shoes. At one point, she she described herself as the woman who lived with the shoes because that she had basically spent all her money uh, on on shoes. She's constantly wearing designer outfits. Now she does go to thrift shop and and so on but yeah it does seem to live way beyond uh, her means she's also like of the, the the four characters she is she's she's the main protagonist but yet she's something of a of an anti-hero i mean if she was a male character you'd look back at her and go she's a philanderer she she cheats uh, with a, with a, a married person uh, while she's in a, a relationship uh, her, herself she stalks uh prospective uh, partners on 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 several uh occasions she complains one minute that one man doesn't want to commit to her and yet the next she she complains that that the the next boyfriend uh, does she famously breaks his heart so like does does she the manner in which she treats her friends uh, as well i mean they they try to give her sound advice and that it's very often often rebuffed so she's a bit of a, an anti-hero at but at, by uh, by by this point the other, the other three, three characters uh, I'd, I'd have a, a lot more time for her, to be to be honest Samantha
2: uh, is my favorite she's just brilliant but
1: the, there's there's a constant string of, of one-liners out of her but but she's also quite strong and independent and knows exactly what uh, what what she, what she
2: wants you understand that you can
1: start living your life? Well, I'm done with great love. I'm back to great lovers. I am harsh. I'm also demanding, stubborn, self-sufficient, and always right. In bed,
2: at the office, and everywhere else.
1: Uh, Charlotte's very, very cultured. She's seen as very, as very prim and proper, and yet very at, at the same time she is the, the romantic uh, at, at heart. And then Miranda, beneath the, the, the tough exterior, uh, very hard worker, and yet yet is quite vulnerable. So yet does. There's a great mix of the character traits, and yet in the middle of it all is is Carrie Bradshaw, who you just look at in, in the rearview mirror, and there's actual, there are blog posts and so on and so forth about why now, in hindsight, Carrie Bradshaw is not this great, lovable character people portrayed her as.
0: What do you reckon, Tanya? Well, it's interesting you should say that because, you know, she was one of the first female characters who was allowed to be kind of human and flawed and complex. And, you know, she started off, I think, in the first season... And, you know and this is definitely an evolution that happened in the writer's room you know she was kind of the the, the, the bystander you know she was having kind of you know uh, conversations with her modelizer friend or she was meeting her friend Skippy who couldn't get laid and she was always the kind of the sounding board for all of these you know Manhattanites having all these problems and then they moved the character into this incredibly solipsistic territory where you know she would just I mean even when everyone else was going through you know huge life changes Carrie was just like well wait a minute Big you know I need to talk about him
2: you know um
1: I don't live here anymore. And the Four Seasons won't check
2: you in until one.
0: Oh. Did you want to come up?
2: Absolutely.
0: And, I mean, the thing about Carrie, and, and like, you know, Fionn says, there's so much out there about how Carrie is the absolute worst, you know. But she was allowed to be a flood, and I think a lot of women might have related to that. And she was the first, then, of a, of a sort of type of character that, you know, Lena Dunham's Hannah Horvath, um, Fleabag, you know, they all kind of fit into this mold of being um, neurotic, self-centered, but still quite human underneath it all, you know. Um, and, And I think Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, kept her quite charming. You know, she could have been quite a chilly character and a hateful character, but I think Sarah Jessica Parker really saved her from that fate.
2: And yet, um, you, one of the reasons why Samantha isn't coming back um, in, in, and just like that is uh, because Sarah Jessica Parker um, on the set could have been a, a little bit nicer.
1: You never really got on.
2: We've never been friends. We've been colleagues. And in some ways it's a very healthy place to be
1: because then you have a clear line between your professional life and relationship and your personal to get any kind of negative press Mm. about something that I've been saying for almost a year of no that that I'm demanding or a diva and and this is this is really where I I take to task uh, the people from Sex in the City and specifically Sarah Jessica Parker
2: is that I think she could have been nicer Mm. I really think she
0: could have been nicer I don't know what her issue is. Of course, there are two sides, maybe three sides to every story. Um, you know, uh, Kim Cattrall, Sarah Jessica Parker's, and the truth. You know, um, Kim Cattrall is accused Sarah Jessica Parker of being really kind of craven and 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 mean and bitchy, and and then I, I read an interview with Chris Noth, who plays Mr. Big. And he said, I don't really know what happened there because, you know, the Sarah Jessica Parker I know is, is a lovely, you know, cuddly munchkin, you know. So I don't really know what's going on there. I do know that Kim Cattrall said she would rather uh well, I'm paraphrasing her now, she would rather, you know, eat her own shoes than 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 play Samantha Jones for one more second, you know. Um she was contracted to do the second Sex in the City um movie. And my God, what did they do to that character there in that in the second film? I mean, she just turned into this men a puzzle mess you know it was a massive disservice to the character i feel but um but yeah no i i think th- i mean they are about to address the lack of Samantha in the, the the new series, but it is definitely an absence that's hugely felt.
2: Yeah, the movies were absolutely dreadful. But uh, the six seasons, uh, I absolutely adored five of them. The first one, I wasn't so <laughs> sure. The jury was out with these bizarre, um, you know, speaking to camera moments from Carrie and the Vox Pops on the streets of
0: New York. It was all a bit chaotic. Mm. Absolutely, it was very chaotic. I think that was the point: is that she was supposed to be this kind of, you know, um, recorder of how crazy Manhattan nightlife and and by extension their sex lives could be you know
1: If you look at it now you look at it at, at the time it was seen to be you know very feminine and very empowering now you look at it in the in the, the current climate and you go and this has been addressed in, in the new series the utter lack of, of diversity there's there's hardly mm-hmm. any non-white characters uh, appearing and if they they do they just they're just kind of popping in uh, and pop out uh, of the show, so that's being addressed in in the new programme the sustainability issue is now there, these people that just appeared to have enormous wardrobes. uh, Ultimately, you wondered where Carrie Bradshaw fitted all the clothes uh, in in her house. So that was seen to be kind of this notion of, you know, disposable, fast fashion, which now is completely at odds with with the, the, the mindset nowadays. So you'd look at it and go, yeah, it was risque, but now in hindsight, it actually looks quite politically incorrect.
2: And Tanya, you actually had a, a, a your own kind of sex in the city style column, didn't
0: you? You you were. I had, you were a, <laughs> I had a couple. God love me. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I mean, in the, in the kind of mid noughties it definitely became very, very trendy for magazines, you know, the glossy magazines and newspapers to have a sort of girl about town um, column, you know. And I mean, I remember one editor, I, I had one in the Irish Independent, actually, many, many moons ago. Um, and I remember being told by an editor, just go out, you're, you're a single girl having fun. And adventures in the city, and that they, they were her words. Now that I mean that wasn't the Viking Splash tour, by the way. This was, you know, get out there and get laid. And you know, there was definite sort of—I won't say pressure, you know—but um, you know, in the name of journal- journalistic veracity, you know, I, I did go out and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I won't say sucked the marrow out of Dublin oh, nightlife, so- but. I I, <laughs> I um I had a good time what can I say and you know it was you know, at that point and it was you know partly to do with sex in the city it was Absolutely acceptable to just sit around and go into all the you know ear bleeding detail and you know I remember we all kind of did it you know I mean I think I probably you know put my hand up a little more than maybe some of my friends you know but we definitely you know uh, you know we just there was this sense that you know men could be just called you know AIB guy or Tullamore guy you know and you could almost depersonalize them you know as your kind of sexual playthings with these stupid and I I think you know I know. lot of women who did that you know that kind of way they were just like oh did you go see uh you know rugby last night or whatever do you know what I mean sort of keeping their, their 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 full names out of it you know it was it was very now when I think about it God it was really strange but anyway I came out the other side I mean I will say you know what I what I did write about I mean it was it was definitely one of those things where I would be heading out and You'd be like, oh, my God, you know, I, I actually have no material. I have nothing to write about, you know, and there was it was there was a definite sort of um impetus to, to to kind of open up conversations about, you know, whatever, threesomes, group sex, casual sex that really were, hadn't been had. You know, if yeah. you think about the single girl representation in Ireland before that, who was it? Fidelman, Glenrow? I can't even think. You know what I mean? We were kind of starved and, you know, but I, I do remember quite a few young journalists and it was definitely young, kind of hungry journalists who wanted to kind of, you know, um, move into that confessional, we'll call it a personal term, you know, there was definitely a few of us working the beat, shall we say?
2: And so the the, the idea of a sequel now, um, seventeen years after the, the show ended, um, do we really need this? I mean, I'm I'm asking you both, um, but I, I my own opinion is that yes, I absolutely do want to um, be reunited with uh, my you know these three old friends, even if it's not that good. What do you reckon, Fiona?
1: Well, the, the movies were an appalling calamity in this year brought up between before the European Court uh, in The Hague, <laughs> really, for war crimes. I mean, the, the, they were absolutely terrible. And they also removed the characters from the fifth character, which was New York City. Took them out of that and and moved them moved them elsewhere and it just didn't work. So in a way you're looking at it going okay well it'll still have that component it'll still have New York it'll, it's still uh, a trend setting uh, stylish sophisticated uh, place which which is influential and and leads other other or people. So you'd say in that regard right they, they still have that going for them, uh, but it it very much has moved on from the premise of of what it was um, twenty years years ago, which is that idea that these were were four single empowered women looking for love and, and showing all, all the pitfalls uh, within that. They're now older and, and more settled. So I suppose you'd have to come at it and go, okay, it's, it's not going to be what it was before. So can you completely reinvent the concept um, of these four characters at, at another stage in their life? And you kind of go, mm, is that not just going to take all the fun out of it?
2: Now I'm saving my episodes for Friday night when I can I can kick off my my uh, less expensive shoes and um, have a real Cosmos and enjoy them. But Tanya, you've already uh, watched them w- without giving anything away. Oh, this um, is gonna be tricky. <laughs>
0: Um, Yeah, I filed my my review of the first episode there. Hopefully it'll go online now on independent.ie at some point today. Um, Now, where do I begin without the spoilers? It is... um it is it's it's actually fairly downbeat i think people who are expecting you know the frivolity of 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 you know the shopping and the cosmos and the nightlife you know and the 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 you know stumbling around trying to find yourself i mean there's not that much of that at the moment um it's and it's also very much of its time it's it's in the pandemic it's a post trump New York City you know so there's a little bit of we'll call it performative wokeness there's a little bit of mediation on 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 gender and sexuality and stuff like that and you know I mean I I think and and I can't tell this yet after just seeing the two episodes I was really hoping that and just like that would do for you know post-menopausal life what Sex and City did for singledom which is make it look kind of cool and and not that scary and not that awful and not that pathetic so I'm really really holding out hope for the overall series that there will be an element where you go god I I actually won't mind when I get there it looks kind of cool you know so that's that's my hope anyway. Well a
2: huge thanks to my guests Tanya Sweeney and Fionnane Sheehan. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was presented and produced by myself with research by Tabitha Monaghan and sound design by John Smith. Clips were with thanks to HBO where you can watch the full series of Sex and the City. Clips also included Piers Morgan's Life Stories on ITV. Just Like That is on Sky Comedy and the streaming service now and new episodes are out every Thursday. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.